Don't be nervous. It'll be fun. When the world <laughs> now you must think, come don't think it. We together. Don't have to, we're on the air right now. Oh, we are? Yeah, we, we can't <laughs> copyright that. Wait, okay. That's going to conflict with the theme song. <laughs> we are the world. It's not the theme song to the Dear no, Maddie Show, everyone. It kind of is. <laughs> it kind of is. It In my heart, is. it is. Oh, welcome, everybody. This is the Dear Maddie Show. I'm Matt Marr, and today I'm with, well, I like to call her not a friend, but a BFF. That's right. Allie Velez in the house. Hello, everybody. I know. It's very exciting. That's I'm, it's just me clapping. That's the sound of one queer clapping. <laughs> one queer. Did the angel just get her? What is it? I don't, I don't know. know. Bells ringing. Bells something. ringing and angel gets her wings. Something like that. We're having like, you know, last week we had Lindsay on. It's BFF. Yep. And for the inaugural show. And this is, what is it called if it's your second show? The synagrial? <laughs> yes, it's the synagrial show. <laughs> I don't know what that means. It's uh, the second well, show. Oh, okay. Episode two. How about that? <laughs> Okay, we'll do episode two. Thank you for being here. Appreciate it. No problem. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. I gave her pizza, y'all. She came over for he pizza. He did. Now I'm gassy. It <laughs> happens. It happens. It happens. We might have to pause for a gas break. Um, Cheese is a different thing after 30. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they should put on the warning. Like on cheese. Warning. <laughs> <laughs> like the expiration date is like your own expiration date. Like after 30. <laughs> Best before 30 years old. <laughs> Eat all the pizza you can, 20-year-old. <laughs> Eat it up now. Jesus, is so good, though. It is so good. It's so good. So tell everybody, you know, how do we know each other? How do we meet? We met at camp. I'm sure this is the same story you told with Lindsay. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Go ahead, though. Um, yeah, so we taught together at a camp. Uh, in the Berkshires, a fine performing arts camp for girls. And we were both on the theater staff. And uh, I remember the day that I met you. I had already been working at the camp for a couple of years. So when I saw that there were new staff members coming in, I sort of appointed myself. She's a greeter, everybody. The welcome wagon. She is a greeter. Yes. Um, I I wish that I had a kitchen to make you like a basket of muffins to welcome you to the community. (laughs) But, um, you know, we worked it out. We worked it out. And I took your class list and told you. Give you the rundown on who your kids were. Yeah, I still remember. Yeah. Yep. I remember, because I always tell you this, but still I remember, I was like, well, this girl is just telling me all these people in the class. And then you're like, oh, Mia Della Pietra. She's as beautiful as her name. She and really you put, is. Like, Do you know that she's a boxer now? A what? Like legit, like a boxer, like in the ring. Like I was looking at her Facebook page two days ago. She is a boxer. And I'm super proud of her because she looks like she's kicking ass and taking names and doing really well. And she's got a cute little pixie cut. But yeah, she's like a boxer. Her face is so pretty. I don't want it to get hurt. <laughs> no, she's not gonna because she's tough. She's gonna hurt somebody else. She's what is that movie? Um, Million Dollar Baby. Doesn't she die at the end though? Spoiler alert. <laughs> I've never seen that movie. Don't see that movie. That's why I didn't see it because it sounded depressing. And why is it called Million Dollar Baby? You see the movie. Okay. Did you see it? Yes, I did. Uh, what's her name? Hilary Swank. Yes. Uh, did you see Boys Don't Cry? I did. Oh wait, I'm confusing that with Monster. <laughs> <laughs> Those That's movies right. were years apart. <laughs> years apart. Different actresses. Monster, I didn't really love like everybody did. I didn't really think that was. Yeah. Is Boys Don't Cry? I haven't it's, seen Boys Don't Boys Cry. Boys Don't Cry is really fantastic. You should see it. I need to see, I need to see Trans America too. I haven't seen that either. Let's, I, let's ooh, do that. Let's, let's do make that. A, let's I make a date. Why has this become the queer cinema talk show? I don't know. Tell, maybe tell everybody what you do. Uh, it's yeah, interesting. I've got, I've, got a, I've got a bunch of stuff going on right now. You can catch me on a web series called YouTube Nation. We have new episodes six days a week, Monday through Saturday, and sometimes an additional content or extra special episode that uh, will air on the weekend on Saturday or Sunday, but definitely at least six shows a week, Monday through Saturday. Um, you can find us on YouTubeNation.com slash YouTube. No, sorry. YouTube.com slash YouTube Nation. Uh, it's a daily web series that sort of, uh, in a very positive way, breaks down uh, some of the must-see videos of the day. Things that, you know, um, either, you know, a video that 
is sort of in the zeitgeist right now that everybody's talking about that, um, you know, you want to be part of that conversation or something that we have sort of discovered that nobody's talking about yet, but we feel like you should be talking about. You know, we like to look for videos that have some sort of value or or Mm -hmm. further some sort of social conversation. So I'm a video curator on the show, but I also appear on camera at least once or twice a week. Explain what a video... Maybe people in Los Angeles would know, but like back in Oklahoma, they don't know what a video curator is. It's a cool job, I think. Well, so yeah. So uh, we have a really amazing curation team on the show. And so basically, we're the ones who curate. We, we you know, search through hours and hours of, you know, all the content that's out there on YouTube. And we sort of you know, pick out the best of the best. And we bring in a bunch of videos to a pitch meeting every morning. And we sort of narrow it down to the videos that we feel we really want to share with you, the audience. Um, and it's it's a really fun and interesting job, and every day is different, and um, and I really like that. Also, you can follow me on Twitter at me, Ali Velez, A-L-I-V as in Victor, E-L-E-Z. Um, I also do stand-up and storytelling around Los Angeles, so if you live in the Los Angeles area and um, you know you want to know where you can see me on stage, Follow me on Twitter, and I'll be posting events as they as they come up. Does anyone know more about the Muppets than you do? Um, possibly Jim Henson's Living Children, but other than that, <laughs> other than that, no, you got it. I think I think I'm yeah, and maybe uh, Professor Joe Blatt at the Harvard Graduate School of Education. Uh, he is one of the foremost Muppet es- experts in the world. But um, yeah, I, I know a thing or two about Muppets. You do. Yeah. You know a thing or two or three. I know a thing or two or thirty-five about Muppets. All right, so the first question. Dear Maddie, my migraine medication has made all my hair fall out. I shaved my head. My friend said I look like America's next top model. I'm down to 110 pounds, and since I'm 5'8", anyway, I have a formal wedding. That sentence didn't really make sense, but I'm going to keep going. Anyway, there was a formal wedding. You know black tie and shit this weekend. Do I just go with it, with the hair, or should I buy a wig? From... Tanya, 28. Good for you for just shaving your head instead of, you know, just sort of like having to deal with over and over the, you know, the the pain or the embarrassment or the whatever you're feeling or going through of losing your hair patch by patch and, you know, strand by strand. That can be, I think, a really... I didn't know migraine medicine sort of, can do that. Yeah, I, um, I did not know that either. So she has a wedding. Yes. She wants to know, does she just go with the bald head? Does she wear a wig? I mean, let's be honest. I'm a fan of a turban. You, know, you are I, a fan of a I turban. I love a good but, turban with a jewel uh, you know, in the front. I'm not kidding. I think it's beautiful. I have so many questions. Is it an outdoor wedding? Is it an indoor wedding? Does your dress have sleeves? Um, these things actually matter to me in terms of like, because if, for example, if someone had long hair, the, the type of dress that they're wearing for me would determine whether they should wear their hair up or down. And so I think it's the same. So if you're having like bare shoulders, I think you could rock the bald head and I think it would be gorgeous. I think that whatever makes you feel comfortable, this is the day that you're going to be photographed more than you're ever going to be photographed in your whole life. This is the day that you are going to... Oh, wait, 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 it's not her wedding. Oh, it's not her wedding. Oh, she's going, going to a wedding. Going to a wedding. Oh, okay. Well, that makes a whole different <laughs> That's a whole... story. It's a whole different story, Tanya. I don't know. I would say rock the bald head. You'll definitely be, it'll definitely be a conversation starter. Oh, yeah. 
you know, I think uh, if you were bold enough to do it, but then again, depending on like what you're wearing, if you want to have a little fun and get like a hot pink wig or get something fun and sassy or whatever, I think it's really whatever you feel comfortable with, right? Yeah, I honestly think maybe treat it the way, try to be what looks best, like what's the cutest, you know, the way you normally would, like, would you wear your hair up or down? Exactly, accessorize your head like you would your feet. Yeah, what what does that mean? When you pick out a dress that you're going to wear to a formal event, then you have fun shoe shopping, right? You decide whether you want to wear the hot pink pumps or something elegant and, you know, like with the, with, you know, strappy open toe or whatever. You, you sort of put a whole look together, you know, bald and wigs aren't your only choices. I'm thinking you could rock a really cool, like crystal headband or some sort of like birdcage. I'm I'm serious about the turbans. I love it. Yeah, I think you should also uh, Google Angina from RuPaul's Drag Race because yeah. that bitch gave some great bald head with accessories. Yeah. And um, she was She'd rocking wear the little it. hat. Her little tiny hat. British people wear hats. Yes. Get yourself a good hat. A good fascinator. That's what the little hats are called. The little like crazy, like wacky hats. Those are fascinators. Sounds Southern. When you said that she should accessorize her head... Like her feet? I thought she meant you. she should get a head of cure. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> I've been saving on that for Ooh. a month, for like a, a minute. Ooh, a head of cure. A head of cure. Oh, this is actually not a name. This is from Nervous About Everything. Oh. Age 17. Oh. We got a youngin. So, uh, nervous about everything. Nervous about it. But are, who isn't nervous about everything when you're 17? Yeah. Well, I feel like there's two states of mind at 17. Nervous about anything or doesn't give a fuck about anything. <laughs> True. Yeah, I feel. Which one were you? Um, nervous about everything. Yes, especially at seventeen because there's like college applications and. Oh yeah. And oh yeah, that was rough. Dear Maddie, should I come out to my GSA? I have already come out to those closest to me, and those are the people I believe really need to know. But my GSA members aren't taking the club seriously, and I just feel like I should show them that what they're doing slash not doing is impacting and will impact me. Someone in the same room with them. And like, I don't know what to do. I think you already answered your own question. I think that was really well put. That it, Well, first of all, we should explain to listeners who, does, who don't know that GSA is a gay-straight alliance. And that is a, just a safe place for someone who is either LGBTQ, that's lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, or straight is an ally who just yeah. wants to support people from not being bullied and have a safe space. Yeah. It's sort of like the drama club without rehearsals. <laughs> Basically. basically, it's all the queer kids and the like girls who love them. So basically all the me's and you's. Yes. Okay. Um, <laughs> I was a member of my GSA in high school. Yeah, I, I, I honestly, I'm not kidding when I say that I think that uh, Nervous answered their own question by saying, you know, if the people in the in the GSA aren't sort of taking it seriously or realizing the impact that this club could have, by coming out and showing them that someone in the same room is actually affected by this conversation that they're having or what they're what they're standing for. Um, because right now it sounds like the GSA that this person is a part of is a bunch of allies, basically, and there's not a whole lot of out people in the GSA. So it's basically just like a SA right now, and you need to maybe add the G to uh, let them know sort of what that conversation is and what your experience is so that they can go out into other parts of their lives and other parts of their community and sort of recognize how they can start that conversation with other people. This person said come out. So we're assuming come out as gay or lesbian or something. Um, I'm assuming. But 
or bisexual, I think like the number one thing with coming out is two things I've told people all the time. First of all, assess safety. Like, is it safe for me to come out in this situation, in the context? I think at a GSA, you're pretty good. If this is a GSA, they're there to support. And coming out is something you should do with your heart, not your head. So do not come. I have so many people that have asked me, like, think I should come out. I think, I think. And I'm like, don't think, just feel. When it's in your, I know from my own experience, it literally was like it wanted to erupt from my heart. And mm -hmm. I was like, I, I can't not tell this person this when before there were so many times where I thought, well, maybe I should. It's Sunday. That's my advice to you is go with your heart. If your gut is really telling you, you need to do this. Maybe get a buddy. We should have coming out buddies. Yeah. You know, like a buddy who just like says, Hey, I'll be there. Yeah. Well, and I think that's what the other members of the GSA could be once, you know, once you sort of say something, cause that's literally what that club is there for. They're there. You know, you're there to support each other in any way and I think you know if ever there was a safe place you know or and if you don't feel safe sort of doing it all at once to the whole group I don't know how many people are in the GSA maybe if you identify one person in that room that you can sort of pull aside before a meeting and say listen this is what's going on this mm -hmm. is what I'm feeling and then you can sort of go back into the room together and already know that one person there is already in the know and already supporting you well said well Thank said, you. BFF. If I did this in Oklahoma, you can do it in your GSA girl or boy or girl, whatever. It works for everybody. All right. Question number three. Dear Maddie, how important is it to individuate? Individuate. <laughs> individuate. Individuate while being in a relationship. Wow. This person's been thinking. Who is, that? Who is the question from? You know what? They didn't leave their name or their number or their age. Hmm. I, don't, I don't know. How important is it to individuate while being in a relationship? I, I'm just, you know, for some of you are thinking, what the, what the hell is individuate? To me, that means, because this person didn't explain, but I'm thinking it's how do you hold on to yourself while being in a relationship? Yeah, remain true to like your indi individuality mm -hmm. and, and who you are as a person and not the we of a yeah. couple. Because uh, I have a lot of friends right now who are we's. And everything is we, 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 you know, if I invite somebody to go have lunch, they said, oh, well, we're doing this or we, th and I'm like, I didn't invite we. <laughs> Do you say, now I feel like it's okay. I have some friends where sometimes I say, hey, I need, I want you and not y'all. Yes. And I, and I. I think I, that's okay to say. I, yes. And I have so, some friends that I know that it's okay to say that too. And I have some friends that I've sort of given up on that because they, they're such a like. Intertwined. Intertwined we. I've, you know grown accustomed to the other half of that person um of that couple because you know you have to sort of make concessions when you know you um when you're the only single person you know it's been a while questionnaire person yeah. it's been a yeah, while you're talking to you're you're talking to the last two single people on earth. <laughs> on earth i'm literally sitting in a room with the only other single person i know <laughs> uh... yep yep yep, yep. Pretty, much. Pretty, pretty much pretty much pretty Yep. So, um, been a long time. Been a long time. Yeah. Let's move on. <laughs> Let's move on. To the next we were so question. helpful there. We were so helpful. So helpful. <laughs> yeah. We're You're helpful. welcome. You're welcome. Anonymous. Anonymous. Anon. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This is from Jonas, age 40. Dear Maddie, one of my closest friends has terrible breath. I haven't come right out and said anything, but I have done things like offering mints mm -hmm. and gum. I really can't stand to have a conversation with her when we are standing close to each other. I know I should just say something, but I am too embarrassed. One time you were like, 
<laughs> you were like, sugar, <laughs> what is going down? Yep. And you've done the same for me. Yeah. Um, we are that good of friends that like, I know I can say that to you and you know that I'm not trying to hurt your feelings. I'm trying to protect you from the next person that you come into contact yes. with. Yeah. I think you tried the subtle approach, which was smart first, you know, offering up mints, gum. I'm the kind of person that if, even if I'm like you know, in the middle of something and I don't really feel like having some gum or mint. If anyone ever offers me anything minty fresh, that means, I yeah. take it because they might be being polite, but they might be trying to tell me something. Always take the mint. Agreed. Um, That's a good rule for I life. I was actually in a play once. I was hoping you were going to tell the story. Oh man. With a gentleman <laughs> who was a lovely, lovely man, but had the most God awful halitosis <laughs> breath that I have ever experienced in my entire life and i'm not exaggerating when i said that i almost gagged in rehearsal one time what like, show is this and frank it was the diary of <laughs> Anne frank i was playing Anne frank and he was playing my father otto frank um and it was i mean i literally i'm not exaggerating there was one time in rehearsal where he grabbed my face and he's like sweating and he's speaking right into my face and he's like anna i need to tell you something and I like broke free from him and I'm like, excuse me. And I ran to the bathroom and I almost threw up because his breath was so bad. It got to the point where the whole cast had a meeting without him about it in a what to do sort of sense because he was also the guy who always passed on the Altoids. In rehearsal, when we were sitting in a circle, one of us would always pass an Altoids can around and every single person but him would take one and we were all like are you fucking kidding me to the point where we had we had to talk with our stage manager and she made a rule that before shows every cast member had to do two rounds of mouthwash and there was mouthwash in every dressing room and every cast and it still didn't help do you think he did it it was like it it was like you know when like you know when someone like blows up a bathroom and like just takes like some nasty ass shits and then (laughs) and then sprays some febreze and it just smells like lilac covered shit (laughs) that was his breath that was his breath it smelled like minty fresh diarrhea mouth (laughs) it was the worst And when you're an actor you're literally you're you're in people's faces yeah and so when i'm in a scene with this guy and it's kind of a serious show you know <laughs> it's kind of a little, and yeah. uh he's breathing literally into my nose and i'm trying not to vomit on stage i finally said to him one time i was like you know I don't think I said something directly to him, but I sort of made a joke of like, I made the joke of like, oh, every time someone offers me a mint, I always take one because you never know if someone's just being polite or someone's just trying to give you a message. And then I was like, would you like a mint? And I think he took the hint. But even then, like the mints helped a bit, but ooh, it was tough. It was, he like full on, sounds like halitosis. Yeah. Yeah. He had like so a sickness. A di- he had an illness. Yeah. So that's a different thing. Like if you're yeah, and we were just co-workers. Like, if you're friends with this person, you need to just, like, straight up say, listen. Was he married? No. Because I would have felt bad. He was not married. He was not married. But, yeah, I think you. I think it's fine to just tell your friends straight up, like, listen, you got some stank mouth. Maybe he's listening to this now. Maybe. Maybe this is, like, it's come, come Maybe to you should just mouth. listen to this podcast with your friend and, like, right now, just look at her and <laughs> offer her an Altoid. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll wait. There you go, Jonas. Here, we'll How wait. How you doing? Yeah. Did it work? Did it work? Yeah. <laughs> Did it work? <laughs> All right, everybody. We're moving on. It's the celebrity shit the bed question. Oh, jeez. We're talking about hot topics and people that make more money than us. Yep. Our topic for today, we are discussing, how would you summarize it? Well, this is... Uh, All right. Young babies having babies? No, young babies having... Well, okay. 
All right. I don't really watch a lot of reality TV. In fact, I don't actually watch this show. But I've you seen watch a couple a lot of episodes. TV. I do watch a lot of TV, but I don't watch a lot of reality TV. But I'm sort of a pop culture junkie, so I kind of keep up with what's going on. And now, everybody, whether you've seen the show or not, everybody knows who the Duggars are, right? I don't Michelle, see the show, but I do Michelle know. and Jim Bob Duggar, they're the parents of the, like, I think they're up to, like, 20 kids and counting. Oh, my God, really? And they have grandchildren as well now because their oldest has now gotten married and is making the babies. What does her vagina look like? Oh, I slip I mean, I'm not, Yeah, I'm not trying to be gross, but I'm just like, it's your body shouldn't do that. Yeah. It's, um, I mean, you know, and they just kind of, you know, keep having all the babies that Jesus gives to them. It's not even a hot dog down a hallway. It's like hot dog down Yankee Stadium. But, okay, so, no, you know, the, the Duggar family there, and, and before I get into all this, I want to say that, like, I don't consider myself a judgmental person. Live your life the way you want to live it. I don't think these people are actually hurting anybody, except for I think they might be doing a little bit of damage to their children in sort of sheltering them from the world. These kids are all sort of homeschooled, and they're just sort of taught one way of life. They're quite religious. I, they're quite religious. Now, here's the thing. I, I don't like to judge other people, but on the other hand, I know that, you know, these people would be judging the hell out of my life and my friends right now, so I'm going to talk about them a little bit. They also have a TV show. They're putting their... It's not they, like they're, they are. they're putting people. their Yeah, exactly. So um, four of the oldest Duggar daughters and all of their names, all 20 of the kids, all of their names start with the letter J. So these four no. girls, Jana, Jill, Jessa, and Ginger with a J. No, no, no. Yeah. No, yeah. that's, that's yeah. not... Yes, that's I'm not, gonna, well, that's not the issue. We're still going to move on. But um, so they, like they've written people. a book called Growing Up Duggar... It's all about relationships, and it's a dating advice book. Now, when when we talk about dating, the rules with these children, especially the girls, are all about modesty. The girls wear long skirts and modest shirts. They're Baptist, I believe. There's so many different but, versions of Baptist. Yeah, um, but they um, so they wear very modest clothing and they court, which means they go on <sighs> chaperoned dates with their parents. They don't hold hands. I'm sorry, I they have to do this. They only do side hugs. Go ahead. Go in court. Go in court. <laughs> no. So, so they, you know, they only do side hugs and they save. Wait, they, they, they only do side hugs because, you know, they can't put their parts together. Well, I have to say, I just went on a day the other. And when you hug, like if you're kissing a little bit, of course, they probably don't do that. But if you hug a little bit, especially with, well, I don't know. I guess women can feel that. But if you're two guys and like you're already excited, sometimes it gets you into trouble. Well, that's the that's the point. That's, I'm so a sinner. They so yeah, so they do side hugs, they don't hold hands, and they save their first kiss for marriage. Now first kiss? First kiss. So I imagine there's just some rough wedding nights because there's a lot going on because the guys haven't had a kiss either. Like, it's not like these are like virgin girls who are at least being shown the ropes. So yeah, so these girls who have had very little experience in the ways of romance have written a book. About the subject. Wait, are any of them married? No, just the oldest son is married. I believe one of the daughters is getting married this season. So, but none of the girls are married that have written, so I just that have written this book. Yes, none the of the girls, girls who have written, written the book. book it's all about relationships. Have ever kissed someone kissed, or full frontal hugged someone? Have never held a man's hand. We should write a book about like I don't know rocket science. Yeah, let's. That's why. Yeah, that's why. Ali, Les, Matt, Mar. We're here talking about. Um, Rocket scientists, physics, and yeah. um, 
And so the the for me the would. the dangerous part of this of the of this thinking with these girls is I, I'm all I'm I'm all for modesty if that's what you're if that's you're for. I have friends who are not religious at all who dress modestly because they're not comfortable showing skin. But the reasoning behind their modesty is to not entice or give men sort of like the the thoughts and and temptations that would come along with showing their skin which i think is just sort of feeding into this whole like rape culture of well if i'm showing it to someone that's going to encourage him to take it and i think that's really dangerous way to think and putting all the onus on the young woman um well well, that is a very feminist and smart way to look at i just was thinking sugars they're already thinking it i don't care if you're wearing a freaking walmart sack dress over your body some man is thinking about doing stuff to it and i don't mean that in a rapey way i mean that in like men just think about sex a lot and they look i just watched when harry met sally and it's like he said it's very hard for men to be friends with women and not think about them in some sexual way i don't he makes it an absolute but i do think that's difficult don't you think for a lot of men straight men let's clarify well (laughs) yes because yeah, I, I've never, I've never had an inkling that any of my gay friends think about me in a sexual way. Yeah, we're good. Um, we're good. Yeah, don't we're you all worry. good. Um, but the thing is, I don't think that's only true of men. I think that's true of women too. I've yes. had a lot of male friends who I don't ever want to be in a romantic relationship with. But of course, you think about like, I wonder what that would have been like. I wonder what that looks like. I wonder what yeah. you know. <laughs> I wonder what that looks like. I love you know, that. there's there's always sort of like that that like unspoken like wondering but i don't and that's the other thing that that that's another sort of paradigm that i have a problem with is that it's always the men in a, in a in a platonic male female relationship who can't who can't possibly just be friends because they're just all about like i have to boner sometimes women are like hey i you know like i can't be that guy's friend because i just want to sit on his face like you know it happens it happens. I feel sorry for them and that it sounds like the culture they're in, they're already, I guess it's the whole adage that it's very hard to think outside of your oppression when you're oppressed and some, it's the other day, like my, one of my friends said, he also, he's gay, he's a gay man, and he all of a sudden wants to get married. Five years ago, he never, if you asked him, do you want to get married? He's like, no, no, I don't think that's for me. And he said, now he's like, he's with someone. He's like, yeah, I think I want to get married to him. And then we had this conversation about how getting married didn't even seem like an option. And then now that it is an option for people in California and hopefully more and more people, it, it it's something you think more if you just that enters into your consciousness. And with these girls, it makes me feel sorry for them because this is the logic that they're being presented with. I don't mean this from a judgmental way because I know this is because of their religious beliefs. And I I would worry about them be literally not being able to function in the world is that why they are they just trying to create their own town so they don't have to i'm serious so <laughs> no, they don't no, like a compound no, so they don't no, have to interact they're, they're, no they're not and they interact with other families that are similar to them i've i've seen a few episodes where they've had like uh, another family that has like you know 17 children and they all sort of get together and they have friendships and they have you know it's they 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 lead a strangely normal life in some ways but I want to get back for a second to what you were saying about that it makes you feel sorry for the girls because of you know the the sort of paradigm that they have in their head about what they're worth whatever it also makes me feel sorry for the boys because I feel like these young men are growing up and they're taught that they have to sort of carry the weight of the world on their shoulders they have to take care of and protect and and 
provide for and mm. be, you know, be quote unquote the man of the house. And it, it puts a, a weight of a lot of responsibility on their shoulders too. And, you know, it's sad to me that they're never going to be in a relationship with someone they could see as their equal or someone mm. that they could see as a, as a true partner. They're not going to ever experience the idea of having like a of true of, of a true partner, of like, you know, marrying your best friend. And also, I think when it comes to having children, it's also in this in this sort of culture that the women do most of the child raising. And, you know, I have a lot of male friends who are fathers and who enjoy I think fatherhood that's the beauty of and who enjoy and who yeah and who enjoy who really enjoy fatherhood and enjoy sort of being a nurturer and I don't know that that is as acceptable in 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 this culture so it makes me feel sad for them on both sides and it's uh, a lose lose yeah I mean they all seem to be happy because they don't know anything else but I always liked I did watch a season of the show I'm not gonna lie. They had this like sassy cousin who was sort of raised the same way they were, but she sort of blew off all the rules. And she, I remember like the episode where she wore pants. She came over wearing pants and all the girls were like scandalized. She was wearing pants and makeup. And she was like in a relationship with her boyfriend and she was like making out with her boyfriend in front of them. And I was like, I love Amy. Like Amy can come over whenever she wants. And she, you know, she was very respectful of the family and of their, their religious beliefs and, you know, whatever. But at the same time, she was not afraid to live her life. Um, I bet Amy eats cheese. I bet Amy eats cheese. Yeah. But she does. Bless her heart. All right. Now time for Chatty Matty questions. Can I do that? Should I do that from now on? Yeah, I like or it. Chatty Matty questions. Okay. I just made up a jingle. Look at that. I like it. So these are the same questions we ask of every guest every week. Okay. It's very um, Char- Charlie Rose. Yes. Um, so question number one. What's your most memorable childhood smell? Ooh, my most memorable childhood smell. It would probably be a mixture of different smells from the kitchen when my grandmother was cooking. When my grandmother would come over and she would cook, whatever she was making, the whole house would be filled with it. Mm-hmm. And it was, everything she made tasted so good. And I was thinking about her a lot today, actually. Um, I talked about her on on our show on YouTube Nation today. And um, yeah, that I think that's a really like, it was just a really savory and like homey smell. And it always made me feel warm and comforted. What type of food? Um, mostly like Latin food, Puerto Rican, Cuban, um, you know, like she made this amazing, Delicious she food. made this amazing beef stew. Her yellow rice was ridiculous. Like she just, whatever she made, it was always so good. And you can ask any of the girls that I grew up with back in Winston Park in Miami, Florida, and hands down, they will tell you that my grandmother made the best French toast in the whole world. What did um, she do? I don't know what she did because nobody else can make it. My mom's tried. I've tried like nobody else can make it. The way, the way that she made it, it was just, I mean, she used the regular ingredients, vanilla, milk, egg. Um, but there was something, I mean, I, you know, I don't mean to be as cheesy as like, mm, she made it with so much love. But like, that's the only thing. she made I, it with so much she love. She so much love. And then she would, <laughs> she would, so she would uh, cut it into squares and then take the two squares and like the bottom center 
uh, like one on top of the other, take them out so it looked like a like a doorway, and then she put a chim she put them on top of the bread so it looked like a house with like an open door and like a chimney, and then she would take the syrup and she would like sing rain rain go she'd make it rain syrup on the house that's on the pancake house I mean the French toast house, and um, no matter well, what that's was why going they on it, it was better. like come on yeah it was just amazing uh, so that I think is my most powerful childhood smell. That's a pretty good one. That's, I'm glad I asked. And that taste. Question. And taste. All right. And memory. And memory, yeah. There you go. Um, all right. Number two. What is the alcoholic drink you can't drink anymore because you got drunker than Cuda Brown on it? Well, I blame you <laughs> I for was, this one. Yeah. Um, yeah. I almost don't believe that this is a question you ask everybody. I think this is a pointed question so I could tell this specific <laughs> no, story. No, I really do but ask everybody I, I, No, I believe you. I believe you. So... In uh, in 2007, well, it, it happened in 2006. In 2006, uh, our good friend Maddie Marr here won a shit ton of money on a game show, and in 2007, he took me on a trip, on an amazing trip to New York City. Uh, we went to the U.S. Open. We're both big tennis fans. Yes. And he got like a championship package, so we had tickets to every match from the quarterfinals to the finals, and um, our first night in town it was the night before we were supposed to start going to the tennis matches we went to do some private room karaoke with all of our good friends that live in new york and it was a great great time and so at the beginning of the night the waitress comes into the room with a tray with everybody's drink order on it you know everybody had their individual drinks and unbeknownst to everybody else in the room maddie followed the waitress out of the room gave her his credit card and said keep that tray coming every 15 to 20 minutes just keep it coming and so when you're not ordering drinks and just the, every time you look down there's a full glass in front of you you drink it because you're not paying for it and you don't know where these drinks are coming from other than heaven um and so i was drinking cranberry vodka that night and i don't know how many i had but there's a photograph of me sweating with my hand on my chin and in front of me there are about eight empty highball glasses um, you should tell people how tall you are. I'm five foot two, and at the time I weighed probably 110 pounds. <laughs> so you're petite. Um, yeah, and so uh, I, I mean, when you uh, there are pictures. We're gonna put some pictures on the website from this night. So there are pictures from this night, and I am literally like singing Britney Spears and sweating, <laughs> and my eyes are like on fire, and I look angry. Um, and so this the where where this place was located in Midtown Manhattan, in this little like hole in the wall where you open the door from the street and you walk up this like steep flight of like metal, like this metal staircase up to the second or third floor. And that's where the karaoke place was. And at the main like counter where you pay for the karaoke and sign in, sign out, whatever, there's um, a security monitor of the staircase. <laughs> so my friends were going to pay for the karaoke and they look up at the security monitor <laughs> to watch me tumble down the stairs and I just laid there at the bottom of the stairs until they came down and literally poured me into a cab which I threw up in you did yes the cab driver kicked us out remember and Liz I don't remember anything oh the cab driver I kicked, don't remember the cab driver anything. kicked us out and Liz started yelling at him like what kind of cab driver you? this is New York like she got totally got over them and then oh. we got back to our friends, Nasty and Greg's apartment, and they were gracious hosts. And I threw up all night in their bathroom. Um, this is what I'm told. I honestly don't remember anything from the night. The next morning, we were supposed to go see some tennis, and I had 
what I can only describe as alcohol poisoning because I've been hung over before. But this was like, I would drink water and throw it up. I thought I was going to die. I couldn't like, my stomach hurt so much. It wasn't even like it was uncomfortable. Like it was like in pain. Um, it was pretty friggin' terrible. And uh, I mean, I would literally drink a sip of water and vomit it up. Not just spit it back out, like swallow it and then vomit it out. I hope you're eating right now, listeners. I hope you're and, eating. And um, I thank you for that, Maddie Marr. You're welcome. Um, and then the next night, we were we finally made it to tennis. We missed the day games, but we went to the night games, and it was nice to be out in the fresh air, and I was feeling better. And then Maddie pulls out his camera, and we start looking through pictures of the night before, and I saw a picture of myself, <laughs> and I could almost smell the alcohol, and I almost threw up in the stadium from looking at a picture. So check out the blog because there will be a photo up. Yeah, that was a rough good time. night. It was a good time. So cranberry vodka, to answer your question, cranberry <laughs> vodka. That was a long That's story. the answer to your question. All right. Now, question three, when are you most inspired? <laughs> <laughs> Why is that funny? It's just funny in the, like, talking about um, vomiting. You know. Well, I Were recently... drinking? No, I recently bought a bike. Oh, yeah. And it sort of inspired me to be outside more because especially on the weekends when I do have free time, I spend a lot of time, you know, lying on the couch watching Cheers on Netflix or something like that. And while I don't always think that's a waste of time because sometimes you need that, it's beautiful weather in L.A. and I try to be more active. So now that I have this bike, I have really been getting out almost every single day on my bike. And it's a really great way to just sort of be alone with my thoughts because when I'm driving home, I'm listening to podcasts or music or whatever, and I'm still a little bit in my head from the day. But when I'm riding my bike, it's just I have a clear head and I really can just ride and like, if I'm upset about something, I just sort of like get my frustration out and ride a little faster and a little longer. And if I just have some stuff that I want to think about, I've, you know, I've had some ideas for my writing while I'm on my bike. And it's just a really great place for me to just be like in my head in like a good way, just sort of like open to anything. I'm also sort of paying attention to the road. <laughs> but, but yeah, I, lately, my inspiration has been getting out on my bike. Question number four, first celebrity crush. First celebrity crush? Well, either first or more most intense. Oh. Um, ooh. I mean, I feel like when you ask people. I had my first sex dream about Harry Connick Jr. Okay, so well, I that, that. Gonna... <laughs> Yeah, I was like, yeah, the first time I had like a dream that I woke up from and was like, ooh, what was that? It was Harry Connick Jr. Um, it involved the piano. Um, and I still. <laughs> I still think he's super hot and I still oh, yeah. think he is super funny and talented and And sometimes creepy copycat's a good movie. <laughs> yes. And I met him I've met him twice. Uh is he after tall? concerts. He is tall. Well, I'm five foot two, everybody's tall. Well he looks like he has like broad sh- he looks like yeah, he has he's, a swimmer's he's pretty, body. He's pretty he's pretty tall. He's pretty tall. Like broad um, shoulders and a nice chest. Yeah, he's he's pretty pretty good looking. I'm, and he can sing and he can play the piano and uh He's just got a lot of, and then he's funny. Like, you know, for so many years growing up, I only knew, you know, he was, he was really focused on his music. So I just thought he was this amazingly talented musician. And then he started doing TV and movies. He's great on Will and Grace. And he's hilarious. He's very funny. He's funny. You know what? I remember he had a kid, but I bet that kid's like 10 years. He has three kids. Well. He's married to a Victoria's Secret supermodel. He's hitting that. Like. All right. All right. All right. I don't need to know your life, Harry Connick Jr. Mr. Perfect. (laughs) Question number five. What makes your heart happy? Ah, I just came back from a trip from New York where my favorite little girl just turned two years old, one of my best friend's uh, daughter, 
and this little girl is just a light like she just lights up a room and that trip I needed I you know I love my life here in LA I love my job but you know sometimes it's nice to get away and I was really missing my friend Kara and um, her family her husband Jeffrey who I love and her daughter Viola who is my goddaughter that was just a wonderful four days to just sort of get out of my day-to-day routine and spend some time with people I, I grew up with Kara so I've known her most of my life and to just really spend some time with this little girl who is now two and so she's saying so many things now. They're running and, around. And yeah, and I remember the day she was born, because I was there the day she was born, I held her in my arms and I said, someday you're going to have teeth and I'm going to take you to get some pizza. And I <laughs> did. The, the, that weekend in New York, we went and we had pizza at a pizza place together and it was wonderful. She loved the pizza. And then we went home and we watched The Muppets Take Manhattan, which is my favorite movie, but she chose it. I, I did no, I did no uh, influencing. No coercion. No influencing. In fact, I had gone in to take a shower. When I came out, she had already started the movie with her dad. And it's, her fa- it's one of her favorite movies. And I couldn't have been prouder. And that whole weekend, that whole experience made my heart so happy. She makes my ovaries hurt. That kid is yeah, cute. Yeah, she makes my ovaries explode. That kid is ridiculously cute. Yeah. I'd say we put a picture of her on the blog, but she's not our kid, so that would get yeah. creepy. So that's it. Hey. That's what, we we just did a show. We did a show. We just did a show. So again, if you have some questions that you want to have answered on the show, or you just want to hear us maybe not answer them well. <laughs> Are you ever going to answer your chatty Maddie questions yourself? Um, I, you know, I've answered a little bit. I talked about Zima last week. Ooh, Zima. <laughs> Zima. Oh, oh, that was good. You know, I got a piece mail. It's going to have a, it's a lot of shows. A lot of shows. My heart is happy when I'm doing this when I'm hearing people's stories and helping other people that and speaking of if you want to help keep me doing what I want to do send your questions to dearmaddieshow at gmail.com again Maddie spelled I-E so dearmaddieshow at gmail.com I want to send thanks to my BFF Ali Velez um, one more time just uh, give them the link to uh, your Twitter and your, your so you can dream. follow me on Twitter at at me Ali Velez so like me Cookie Monster like me Ali Velez M-E-A-L-I V as in Victor E-L-E-Z follow youtube nation on youtube so youtube.com slash youtube nation yeah 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 and uh, yeah. how was this for you this was great was this your first podcast uh, this or was you... my first podcast oh, nice. i'm you know I'm, I'm i'm fixing with my writing partner to launch our own podcast hopefully later this summer if not early fall so i'm very excited about that more details to come and i'm just thinking that we're gonna have to wrap this up in a minute because i'm 35 and i ate a lot of cheese <laughs> all right well the cheese stands alone <laughs> <laughs> that it makes sense. All right, everybody. Thank you so much. Go out there and do something for someone today, and we'll see you next week. Yep. Good night.